good issue for all women. Hello, Mickey here. Welcome to this week's Sunday Chops, the fourth in our International Men's Day series of interviews with the men. It is, as I record this intro, November the 19th, aka actual International Men's Day, and Richard Herring, who you're just about to hear, is doing sterling work highlighting people's personal International Men's Day heroes. Because, yeah, would it even be International Men's Day without some sort of Herring interaction? Not as far as we're concerned. And it just so happens that Richard has written a new book, The Problem with Men, When is International Men's Day and Why it Matters. It is, as you'd expect, very funny indeed. Charting Richard's journey from pedant hoisted by his own petard, answering every footnotes, when's International Men's Day? When asked on International Women's Day, to his understanding of why it's necessary and how we all need to join together to fight sexism. Because, and we'll never tire of saying this, inequality is shit for everyone. Like I said, this is the fourth of our IMD 2020 chats. So far, you'll have heard Hannah chatting to Andrew Cotter about his very good dogs, Olive and Mabel, the blessing and curse of going viral and the power of pets, and also to actor, writer, musician and activist Matt Fraser about Crip Tales, an excellent new series he created for the BBC, which is written, performed and made entirely by disabled people. Also, Jen caught up with Mr Michael Spicer, aka the man in the room next door, to find out what it's like being a man online and try to work out whether Matt Hancock's being Matt Hancock on purpose. If you haven't already listened, please do. They are cracking natters. Next week, you can hear me talking to Dan Guinness and Ben Hurst of the excellent The Good Lad Initiative, and they tell me about positive masculinity and the power of talking. If you hit subscribe, that'll be waiting for you next Sunday. You should also chuck our International Men's Day gig in your ears because Hannah and I had a very fun indeed time with actor and screenwriter Lawrence Ricard and comedian Deliso Chaponda. To Alton Towers! But for now, back to this. It was a proper joy chatting with Richard and I'm sure you'll enjoy it as much as I did. I am on the Zoom with comedian, writer, performer, Mr. International Men's Day, Mr. International Women's Day, fundraiser extraordinaire and podcast behemoth, Richard Herring. Richard, hello. Hello, behemoth. I like that. <laughs> That's going on the poster. <laughs> Quick question at the top. When is International Men's Day? There isn't one and you'll have to buy the book <laughs> to find out. No, the... the um... Well, it's November the 19th. There is one. It's November the 19th. As as you may be aware, a lot of men ask that question on International Women's Day, I think, assuming that there won't be one. I think that's their joke. Uh, and then my job has become to tell them there is one and it's November the 19th. So it's gone on longer than I anticipated. Uh, and uh, I am drawing that to a close. So I think the book is, is the kind of full stop at the end of me doing that because... Okay. Uh, my goal was to stop people asking that question for one day. So you can ask when International Men's Day, any other day. It's coming up very soon as we're recording this. So it's very exciting. And that's really the only aim of the book, though. It does go into other issues as well. But, you know, if men put half the energy they put into asking when International Men's Day is on International Women's Day, then International Men's Day will be the biggest day in the world. So I'm hoping to make that happen and to destroy International Women's Day that way. Awesome. So, yeah, we are here to talk about your new book, The Problem with Men. Richard, I've got to admit, it is shorter than I expected. Oh, really? Well, there you go. That's what a lot of people say to me uh, about my height and everything. Yeah, it, it was meant to be 20,000 words and I did 25,000 and they oh, let okay. me do 25,000. So it was always meant to be a little book. I think that in a way made it a little bit harder to write uh, in some ways because it's yeah, I had to be succinct 
and I was trying to get a lot in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it made it better because I think if I'd had fifty, sixty thousand words, I would have used them, and it would have been more or less the same book. And there would have been, there have been a couple more things I'd have talked about. But um, just having to boil it all down to nineteen chapters, really. My my idea was to call it "When's International Men's Day?" Nineteen novel questions about masculinity or something like that where 19 nov is the answer to when's international yeah. Wednesday. but my editor i gave that to her and she didn't even get it at all and just uh, <laughs> so i've gone mad i think so it, it ended up being called the problem with men which was her idea but that idea is a footnote it makes an appearance as a footnote it does yeah i still get it in there but i think it probably was a little bit too uh too d- difficult to get across but yeah so i'd, I'd cover 19 questions that i think uh, some of them around international men's day some around international women's day some around feminism some around men's unrealistic expectations of their own abilities uh <laughs> so uh, it, it was quite good fun to find those things and then it was because i wrote it in lockdown it was we I think we had certainly been commissioned before lockdown because i went for a meeting face to face with the editor at some time i think early in the year or maybe at the end of last year i can't remember now but obviously it changed a lot i think given uh, it was written in lockdown, but lockdown kind of informed it and I think turned it into quite a different book in that the reaction to COVID when compared between male and female leaders, not exclusively, but generally speaking, men were treating it as a war and women women leaders were saying, well, let's treat this as a pandemic and seemed to be a bit more successful, certainly in the early stages of the virus. Uh, and then also the whole Black Lives Matter thing as well, which I think I suddenly realised I, I was going to very briefly mention, you know, how pathetic it was people saying when's White History Month? It's the same sort of ballpark as when's International Men's Day or a little bit more insidious and nasty. But obviously with Black Lives Matter and All Lives Matter and White Lives Matter coming up in the conversation this year, that I felt I had to do a whole chapter on it, which which I'm depressed that I felt I had to do. Yeah. Because uh, sh- I just feel that one should be so obvious. I can see people, I can see why men do argue that, you know, it's it's unequal to have a Women's Day if you don't have a Man's Day, but you do have a Man's Day, so you can shut up. Uh, but, <laughs> but you know, the idea of having to have a White History Month really misunderstands why we have Black History Month. Yeah, and totally. what would it be? I mean, what would it be? I mean, what? How, how would you have a a month celebrating White History? <laughs> it would be just be one of Boris be... Johnson's speeches, just continuing <laughs> for twenty eight straight days. Uh, but anyway, so I do explain that in the book. So it was interesting. It, you know, it's a funny book. And it's the initial joke of me doing this on Twitter and then trying to find every person and tell them the joke's on them because they've asked a stupid question. And then the joke's on me because I've set myself an impossible task. So I love that initial joke. So that was the the funny thing for me that ultimately I'm the victim of my own you know, desire to sort this out. Yeah, it is a very, very, very funny book. I laughed a lot. Oh, good, thank you. Well, yeah, it is funny, but I, I, it does cover some serious stuff, and it does, I think, address these issues and a lot of questions people have. And you know, I, and and a lot of the stuff I hadn't thought about until I sat down to write the book because you know the, the whole argument about men would say to me, "Yeah, there is an International Men's Day, but it's not as celebrated. You, you don't hear anything in the media about it because you know the media is famously controlled by women, and they they <laughs> well, they stop International yeah. Men's Day getting out." But, you know, then I kind of realised halfway through the book as I was writing about different days, you know, men have Movember, which is massively celebrated, massively participated in, and is a whole month long (laughs) and deals with all the things that men say, you know, that aren't dealt with by the non-existent International Men's Day. Anyway, so, you know, that realisation, I thought, oh, I never, ever said that to anyone. You know, you've got a whole month. You know, that never struck me in the nine years I was doing it. So lots of things occurred to me. And also I became a bit more... um, a bit more kind of into the idea of International Men's Day. I think when I started doing the tweets, it was like, well, you don't need an International Men's Day. You know, it's it's about equality and the, the thing with equality is, you know, you don't have 
an international slave traders day because you know that's you, you don't want you have an international slavery day but you don't have it one for the both sides because that's not how equality works but i think men you know it's the thing i realized with my book talking cock as well men talk endlessly about their penises without ever saying anything true about them and with about without discussing their problems and i think men probably do need a day to sit down and discuss what being a man actually is and talk about their feelings and and be allowed to express their masculinity in whichever way they want you know and i think as times progressing and and you know even 10 years ago i think the idea of gender was not really being discussed anyway obviously this whole thing's a spectrum that we're all on somewhere along the line of a mixture between genders and sexes and sexualities and whatever is going on and so the idea of men being something and women being something that is concrete and un, you know and definable is kind of crazy really so come on now richard you're gi joe and i'm barbie <laughs> and there's no <laughs> argument that's it they're the boxes we've been given so i think you know i think both sexes need to have a think about that because i think people i think people do i think a lot of people do try and um push themselves towards what they expect what what they feel is expected of their mm-hmm. gender and aren't honest and i think a lot of those the men who seem the most upset about International Women's Day and the most vociferous about uh, their own masculinity <laughs> and they're most uh, unlikely to ever admit they're defeatable or vulnerable or wrong I think are surely the ones with the, the biggest problems you know because they're they they must be vulnerable they're human beings they must have vulnerability they definitely are wrong about a lot of things but they must need to admit that to themselves and you know the thing is they would feel happier if they did and that's the thing I think men are are told not to Certainly men of my generation and the generations before, you know, we were told crying was wrong. We were told expressing emotion was, uh, you know, babyish or girlish or whatever. And that's not a helpful thing. You know, I'm, I'm lucky in that I have a job where I'm allowed to express myself and a job where I've learned that by confessing my worst <laughs> character traits it's, is actually, you know, it's cathartic for myself and for people watching because they go oh god that's it's not just me who's got this mm-hmm. insane thought who who has done this stupid thing or behaved in this pathetic and childish way so i think by men by opening the discussion up and say, you know it'd be nice to make international men's day a bit more of a thing celebratory of good men i think men feel with, that they've been attacked uh, and vilified and you know when you look into all the statistics you can understand why but i think most men the vast majority of men maybe not the vast majority of men, but the majority of men, I think, are kind and, on the whole, uh, loving and love women, love their children, love their families, good dads. Uh, and men have done some great stuff, as well as the terrible stuff that we that sort of gets brought to the fore a lot. So I think it'd be nice to celebrate, you know, for a day to celebrate the good things men are doing as well. So I think there might be something in International Men's Day, and, and that's, again, sort of the part of the journey of the book is me slightly warming to to that idea and leaving women to have International Women's Day which uh, you know despite all of this is still more important (laughs) (laughs) because if you want you know there's that idea of equality people not understanding that equality works both ways so men getting angry on International Women's Day that women are aiming for equality because men don't have equality sort of misunderstands what equality is <laughs> yeah because if women get equality men get equality as well so i suppose some men are fearful that women are trying to get the upper hand 
if you have any i mean i know facts aren't important as these days anymore and, <laughs> but if you have any look you know i do i do try to look through fairly at both sides of the story and humorously at both sides of the story but you know i think it's much harder to find ways that men are experiencing inequality uh, where it's pretty easy to find the inequality that women are, that i know facing. richard i know <laughs> I think the problem with men, the book, rather than just the generic concept, (laughs) it's sort of a gateway drug to combating sexism. Like for those who are unlikely to initially just pick up Helen Lewis's Difficult Women or Caroline Criado Paris's Invisible Women or Laura Bates's Men Who Hate Women, which all dive a little bit deeper. Yeah. This is a really cool opening into that. Is that what you had in mind? Yeah, I wanted to make it accessible. And, you know, it's got to be for men. I, you know, I hope the title won't put men off. I don't I don't think it will. It's quite a confrontational title. It's a blue book. Yeah, that's true for blues for boys. But, you know, that's the point. You know, I, was, I hope the title makes men go, what? Because it doesn't actually say anything. You know, it actually says why International Men's Day is important on the front of the cover. Uh-huh. But, you know, I even I've had a comedian going, oh, you know, Richard Herring seemed seemingly a bit less, uh, yeah, you know, a bit more... Uh, attacking book or whatever something along those lines you go well look you know you're a comedian you know how show titles work it doesn't you're you're doing a show about this that doesn't you know that's the title so the title's a way of uh, of riling men up a little bit but yeah I mean it's about trying to find a bridge I guess between for everyone and that realization um that you know men if if we're going to get equality men it's men we need to convince about that more than women know it's men who have the power to give away their power it's the men who have the power to step back if you can't convince men about equality or the necess the need for it and i think men you know i think most men suffer from the patriarchy and come out of it badly and that's why they're able to go oh but we get sent to war and we have to do work down mines and we are more likely to die young and get cancer and blah blah blah. you go yeah but that's not women that are doing that to you that's other guys that's Mm -hmm. other men that's the that's the system that's doing that to you so men should be well on board with this you know and of course there's you know it's not about men necessarily declaring themselves to be feminists and and a lot of feminists wouldn't even want that Uh, but it's about men about men kind of joining the struggle for equality from their own direction and so i just think if you can convince men that what they're thinking is is lazy thinking or incorrect thinking and that actually they'd be better off as well you know so it's an appeal to men even you know, even if you don't like women, you'll be better off. <laughs> if very cool, but I, you know, I also think you know, I want to, I want to feel my achievements, what little achievements I have are, you know, are, are correctly are won fairly. You know, I don't want to. I, I want if I'm, if men are competitive, I want to be. I want the playing field to be level so that I know if I achieve something, I achieved it on my own back, not because I was, you know, I've been given privileges, which clearly, you know, I have through being a white white man. Um, so I'd much rather know that, you know, if I did if I did something and it, I did it well, that I deserved it, rather than having that niggling feeling that, oh, you know, maybe if this was all fair, I wouldn't be doing this job that is, is with me uh, <laughs> all the time. You raise a really interesting point in the book, and I think it's one that gets lost sometimes. And that is, you know, the International Men's Day does exist. It's November the 19th. <laughs> And <laughs> you just whisper it doesn't into the microphone. Yeah, no, it says it does, it does. Okay. Um, it wouldn't be allowed because of political correctness. It's true. That's why I brought you here today. <laughs> and the, the, uh, the complaint is, okay, well, it exists, but why isn't it celebrated? And the, the fact that you bring up, and that is a fact, is that like the reason that International Women's Day is celebrated, the, the reason that women's refuges exist, etc., is because women made it happen. Right. Yeah. And yet the men are going, well, why haven't they done it for us? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Your mum's not going to do it, guys. That's that's the thing. So you've got to, you know, I'm kind of personifying these guys. And I think it's, I feel unfair. I feel like a lot of this, I feel hypocritical through this book because I'm not, you know, I'm not, I think some some men I've seen who haven't read it going, oh, I suppose he thinks he's perfect. Of course, I don't think I'm perfect. I'm saying men should be expressing themselves and be sensitive. But, you know, in a way, them asking when's International Men's Day is them attempting to express themselves and, and, and their feelings. Mm-hmm. And so by being, laughing at them and mocking them and calling them babies, which they are. Um, is is not it's not the maybe not the right way to go you know because I think it's like going okay look you should be going look yeah look you're trying to make a good point but here's the fact of it <laughs> there is one and we need to celebrate it and, and get going you know so like keep trying to express yourselves guys but let's let's try and express ourselves in a factual way um, so yeah I mean men need to men need to organize it if they want to do it and they won't you know I don't think they will I've tried when I uh, one couple of years ago, I did a scheduled tweet for every single person who tweeted on March the eighth. That came on, so I doubled my workload. November the nineteenth, they all got <laughs> another tweet saying, "Hey, it's today. What are you up to? You know how are you celebrate this thing that you wanted?" And of course, nobody was even replied, and no one wow. was celebrating, and no one was doing, it, even though I had told them about it. So that's the issue. It's not. It's not that anyone's being stopped. It's not that the society is against it. It's just that men aren't bothering to do it. And I think it's a very simple thing. It doesn't have to be parades. It doesn't have to be a big deal. It just you know, lets all choose somebody who we, who we think is a good man and you know post a picture of them on Twitter. It's that sort of thing of just going, this is somebody who's a good example to guys. And I think that's we do need good role models and we do need to show men that they can be kind and sensitive or they don't have you know they don't they they don't have to go that route of uh into the bad side of masculinity they don't have to sell it. and nor do they have to feel ashamed of any mistakes they've made or <laughs> it depends on the mistakes uh, they should feel <laughs> Thanks so, for but, you know with they all they all they all we all make mistakes so like it's not i don't you know i, I think men feel like feminism or me too or is it whatever is sort of persecuting them that they're about to be found out for whatever uh and you know it's not really about that that's about weeding out the the people who are massively abusing their power and who have done evil evil things but we'll all have made mistakes right and we have to acknowledge them and move on and try not to make the mistakes in the future and that's all i think being a mature person is you know and women have all made mistakes as well i know you're very perfect uh yeah but everyone makes mistakes and everyone has you know i think that I, it, that's what i sort of feel a little bit about today's judgmental culture is you know that someone makes a mistake and there's no way back and sometimes it's not even that big a mistake or, or you know or, or it's a misinterpreted mistake or it's not in context and I think we need to be a bit more forgiving and, and helpful to each other. But, you know, I think men need to, you know, have, I, you know, I think that's what International Men's Day should be. And what it was actually set up for was just to celebrate the men who are good and good fathers. And, uh, you know, it's, it's dedicated, set up in Trinidad and Tobago, and it's dedicated to the, the guy who set up Sub's dad and the people of Trinidad and Tobago, men and women, who and, and celebrate the 19th of November was the day when Trinidad and Tobago lost to the United States and so didn't get to the World Cup finals, but everyone celebrated anyway because they'd, they'd come so close. Uh, and there's lots of... They wouldn't let me put it in the book. There's It's worth Googling because there's lots of sort of conspiracy theories about about why they lost that uh, I wasn't allowed to put in the book because <laughs> 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 they haven't been proven. But if you, I got down a rabbit hole, which was very interesting. But, you know, that was... A, it's, it's interesting that it's a day set up to celebrate a good man, but also, uh, a, you know, an honourable defeat, which... You know, again, most men 
but don't see losing in that way. And we we are. I'm so competitive. Luckily, most of my competition comes in terms of trying to win at quizzes and stuff like that. So it doesn't really matter that I'm f- furious if I lose. But losing and losing gracefully, President Trump, <laughs> and and you know that is a that's a sign of you know of being a good person, of being a good man is to is to be graceful in defeat, to be vulnerable, to admit your mistakes. Uh, these are all actually, I think, properly manful things, you know, and, you know, not just for men, but for, for everyone. But masculinity is skewed by kind of ridiculous ideas about, you know, that we're cavemen and can't help ourselves, which is nonsense, or that, you know, these gender roles are innate within us, which, again, I just think there's no, absolutely no evidence for. And there's quite a lot of historical evidence for the for the idea that humans have done quite well because there wasn't a gender divide because mm-hmm. it was an autonomous, um, you know, an egalitarian society in the early days of humanity where everyone chipped in with everything. So if you actually go back to it, those aren't those aren't proof of... And as I say in the book, if you if you want to say you're a caveman, then you have to go out and shit in a bush and, and spear your lunch <laughs> and you can't use Deliveroo anymore. You know, we, we've changed, things have moved on. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, history doesn't have to be the present. Yeah. You mentioned in the same sort of paragraph there, Trump, hopefully no longer president from January, and role models. Now, there are these massive totems of masculinity in extreme power, which makes it much, much harder for the idea of masculinity to change, right? I think so. But I I really hope with a lot of things that are happening at the moment, I think we're going to have a very, very bumpy few years and and things are going to be unpleasant in lots of ways and hopefully not too unpleasant, but you don't know. But I think a lot of it is hopefully the death throes of something going. You know, I think like even if you look at terrorism, I think a lot of things become kind of violent when something is challenged, when something's dying. That's that's where it goes. And mm-hmm. I think I think that that kind of politics, where, which is about the strong man and about people standing up to everything, you know, the way that, that Trump and Johnson have responded to a virus uh, you know, it's and gone on it. You know, talking about nuclear bombing a virus, Trump, and you know, and that it's a war footing, and it, it can't get me because you know I'm so strong. Uh, and both of them have had it. Is you know, it's it's so old fashioned and outdated, and it can't. I don't think it can survive because if if a society's run on the stupidest people being in charge, then that civilization is going to fall by because someone with clever people in charge is going to, which is maybe Russia, is going, <laughs> is going to take over. So I, I, I hope it's the death throes of an old order going. And even, even things like Brexit, it's a sort of, it's a throwback. I mean, we're not going to be free of that anytime soon. So that's, that's a decision that is, you know, we're stuck with. But when you look at Jacinda Ardern, who I quote in the book, that's a kind of new kind of politics, I think, where it's it's about strength, but it's about empathy is a good thing. And, you know, I think government, if anything, the, the virus sort of shows this idea that we can retreat into ourselves and just look after ourselves isn't how the world works because we have to face stuff together. So things like a war bring people together and post-war, everyone's, you know, appreciates what the others have done and, mm-hmm. and society becomes closer and hopefully the good side of the virus will be that we come out of this feeling a bit more like oh we're we're all in this together and look at the way you know i'm not sure it will be but look at all the way the the nhs have helped us look at the way the teachers have helped us you know i feel that personally just like about my local shop in my village staying open and meaning i can get food and thinking right you know i would often go to the supermarket before but i'm going to make yeah i'm grateful to those people for putting their, themselves at some risk by staying open uh, 
you know that should be rewarded and, and hopefully those sort of little changes in attitude will bring us back together and, and make us realize you know I, I don't think pulling things apart i don't think these big arguments we're having about stuff is the way to get anything done i think it's good to discuss all these subjects and it's good to be passionate but ultimately if you want to change things there's got to be a bit of give and take and, and i think we will i think i think we will come back to that or it's just got to be done a bit slowly but even if it's done slowly you know i think if I, I grew up in the 70s and the Brit- Britain was a very, very different place in the 70s. And, the, and and I'm not saying by any means we've sorted everything out. But in terms of being gay or being black or being a woman compa- now compared to the 70s, on the whole, yeah. we're in it, we're, it's a completely different thing. And that's only in two or three, you know. And as, as a, a gay black woman, you're allowed to say that, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it, it's it, things are definitely moving in the right direction. But yes. I think it just... Um, but we have to make sure they don't move back the other way, and, and that's what I feel. I really hope is happening, but you know, I, I'm I'm worried. I'm worried about the future. I'm worried about Trump and what's going to. You know, I think he won't be president, but he can cause a lot of problems not being president. And there's, you know, half the country pretty much voted for him still. So that's you know, it's not like we can just go. That's over. That's not over. I think I saw a, a statistic saying eighty percent of people in the states think that uh, he lost the election which is comforting in a way, but that still means one in five people think that the election was rigged. I know, so, I know. That's, it's that's terrifying. A, that's a so lot That's a terrifying statistic, yeah. So that's, so, you know, it's not over. Um, and and Joe Biden isn't necessarily, the, you know, the, the absolutely most progressive candidate you could get in the world. But that's what I mean. You know, a step, Joe Biden is a step away from... I'll take Donald less Trump. accusations of sexual assault. <laughs> Apparently that's the, that's the levels we're going on. I, I love the hope there. I love the hope there. Yeah. I want to say on International Women's Day, which is March the 8th, I do see a lot of people oh, yeah. on Twitter referring to it as Richard Herring Day. Ditto yes. International Men's Day. If there was a nationally marked <laughs> Richard Herring Day, what would you like to see happening? Well, I don't think I would like that kind of attention. I do joke in the book. My birthday's 12th of July, but the UN has declared that Malala Day because it's also her birthday. Yeah. I mean, come on, that's not on. I'm better than Malala. <laughs> I've done more than Malala. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't... I don't... Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think if I got to the point where I genuinely thought I deserved a day... And I feel, you know, I clearly I feel uncomfortable with some people preferring what I do on International Women's Day to celebrating International Women's Day or saying it's their favourite part of International Women's Day because that shouldn't be the case. And I do address the kind of hypocrisy and my worries about that within the, within the book as well. I still think it was worth doing because I think I was making a point and I think most people got the point. But there's there's certainly um, some, you know, some there's a dichotomy going on there, I guess. But I would just, you know... I just like a day where everyone uh, is a little bit reasonable to each other whilst admitting that they're they are flawed themselves because <laughs> I feel like a very flawed human being and uh, uh, you know I feel like I'm doing my best to to do okay um, but you know I'm I, I wouldn't you know I I would never present myself as a shining example of masculinity <laughs> certainly of feminism you just need to talk to my wife about that <laughs> but my dad is a, is a very honorable man who's who worked hard for the, and is still alive and still works hard for the community he was a headmaster for his whole life but you know stayed very in touch with the community and it just he's a good bloke and sort of but despite myself i'd find myself being 
<laughs> gravitating closer to be like him. But you know, but I'm also look at my life and go, well, he didn't spend twenty years just getting drunk and being single, <laughs> sleeping around, <laughs> and doing a ridiculous job that doesn't help anyone. So you know, I'm aware that uh, that I'm a very flawed character. So the minute you stick your head above the parapet, and this is why I think again, it's good that a man does the international. Uh, Women's Day thing is, you know, the level of abuse and the level of nastiness you get, and the level of people trying to find something to take you down. You know, it's it's absolutely terrifying. Mm, and yeah. you know, and I know what I'm getting is one uh, percent uh, of what I would get if I was a woman. Yeah. So you know, there's, there's threats. There's people finding a joke I've done 20 years ago and taking it out of the context of the joke and saying, look, how can Richard Tony say he's a feminist when he did this joke? You know, okay, well, let's look at the whole routine, but also maybe I've made got some jokes wrong in the past, you know? Because <laughs> you're renowned for your one-liners, Richard Tony. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's it. But, you know, so people can still find something to take it out of context. But, you know, I've, you know I'm, I'm an uh, ambassador for scope, but certainly at school, and even I think in the early part of my career, I would have done jokes that I certainly wouldn't do now about disability. So that you know, I don't know what people want. You 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 want people to change, but then if they change, you're upset about it as well. So you know, I think that those sort of things is that kind of judgment where nothing can be. You can't do uh-huh. anything right. You know where you, you oh I want you to do this. Oh you're doing it well, but you didn't used to do it. So it's, you know it's never this kind of wall comes down and there's no give and take. And that's what I mean by that's what I mean by the give and take. I'm not saying oh you know let the men you know do a little bit be naughty a little bit and then it's not as bad as it used to be i'm saying let's let's cut each other a bit of slack and and because i think being judgmental is probably the worst being judgmental and not of other people and not acknowledging your own hypocrisy yes i think is is the yeah. worst thing of all i think and you you sort of think those people it's like the masculine people masculine men it's the people who really double down on how furious they are about something that they think what are you hiding <laughs> why are you so cross about this bodies about, the, about bodies. this you know so uh yeah so it's you know i think we have to acknowledge our difficulties so yeah it would be a very woolly day where uh <laughs> when no one really celebrate anything it's uh international why can't we all just get along because <laughs> you're a you're a prick okay i'm oh, sorry <laughs> How can Richard Herring say let's get along when he was horrible to me in this? Yeah, that's true. So in other news, it has been a rare delight to see you back on the telebox. Oh, yes. Did you have a lovely time on (laughs) Taskmaster? And what did you learn about yourself? Because it feels like it is very much an experience that brings out various personality traits people weren't aware they... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, I mean, I knew I was competitive, but I actually thought, which which everyone says uh, about this series, I thought I was actually uh, pulling it back a bit. I I thought, I thought as I was doing the studios, actually, I've been quite cool about this. I did want to win, but I was actually quite cool about the idea that I might not win, and I loved everyone else in it, and I was kind of quite cool about the idea of any of them winning, but it doesn't really come across like that, I don't think. (laughs) I think I'm still competitive. It was the most fun, and I think just, we'd recorded most of the, I'd I'd done all the tasks before lockdown, and there was a few that were recorded after with the other team, but the studios were in July, end of July, and it was the first time we'd been out and done anything, and it was so cathartic, it was just, I mean, I think this is how people are feeling watching it, just the laughter we said the first day we did two shows and i cried with laughter all day and i came out with just on air it was just i've never you know, that kind of recuperative power of, yeah. of laughter it was just so lovely uh but yeah i was surprised how i thought i'd be more inventive i thought i'd be i thought i'd spot the tricks i thought i would come up with ingenious ways of doing stuff and i was absolutely surprised at how just straight down the line i was i would decide how to do something go sort of the most obvious route 
nearly every time and you know do okay as a result but i but i I wasn't taking risks i wasn't but you know moana particularly was good at having a go at doing something you know in the lateral way which was either work brilliantly or failed spectacularly (laughs) and i guess if everyone does that then it's not as good a show and you maybe need a duffer in the middle who's just kind of enjoying himself but plowing (laughs) but i really thought you know i'm gonna be great at this because i mean i knew it would be good at the physical anything like the building stuff or the making stuff although there is one art task i did well at but only because it had a general knowledge aspect to it but i i was sort of i was sort of surprised uh at yeah that that i was just so and it, you know, I, I just feel like I wasn't particularly funny, and I wasn't particularly inventive. And every, I had a lovely time though. But everyone else was being very funny and very inventive around me, or at least being crazy. So I don't think I did anything spectacularly stupid. I mean, I, I, I was about to say I think you're being unfair to yourself, but that was <laughs> before the spectacularly stupid comment. <laughs> Richard, where can people find you on that there World Wide Web and find out what you're up to? Because you've always got fingers in pies. I do richardherring.com I'm on Twitter herring1967 and you, you know I continually tweet about my book and what, what I'm doing and twitch.tv slash rkherring if you want to watch Rahul being recorded I do a ventriloquist show now as well play myself at <laughs> snooker I've, I've kind of got a little TV station going where I do basically stupid stuff that only an idiot would want to watch but if you are an idiot Come along and watch it. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, heartily recommend. The Problem <laughs> with Men, When is International Men's Day, brackets, and why it matters, close brackets, is available now from all good bookshops. Richard, it has, as ever, been an utter pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. Love it so much. See you soon. <laughs> Bye-bye. Standard Issue for All Women.